It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando, joined as always by Jared Cowley, Nate Hansen, and the one and only Max Barr on the ones and twos. It is so good to be back. Thank you so much to everyone for rocking with us, for subscribing to the podcast, for letting everyone know about it. We appreciate it so much. It helps the podcast continue to grow. And last week, we had somewhat of a marathon of a podcast, one of our longer ones that turned out to be really, really good and insightful and just a lot of fun as the Blazers made a move right before the trade deadline. And so I had said I wanted to shout out a few of our listeners who had commented and said, hey, we made it through. We love the podcast and everything. And so I found a few of them that I just wanted to give a quick shout out to. So Beaver Scott. Henry Stern, Mike in Japan. Uh, there were quite a few others, but thank you so much for listening to us, for, for supporting the podcast. This is awesome. So thank you guys. Now let's talk about those, those Portland Trailblazers for just a moment here and what a week it has been. I doubted them and they came through. They go 4-0 this week. Jared and Nate both calling it, saying, nah, they're going to beat everyone, including the Detroit Pistons to close out the week, which they did, and they did it in in dominant fashion, at least on the scoreboard, to win by 23 points. It's super rare. We don't get double-digit point wins in Rip City very often. I think it's been a couple of weeks since we got one of those, so that was a great sight to see with the Blazers, and then they close out the month of March just playing really well. They took care of the teams they were supposed to, which is a great sign of of a team doing what it's supposed to versus what we've seen earlier in the season where they're struggling to beat those bad teams. Somehow it it takes a big shot from Damian Lillard or whatever. And we didn't get that against the Pistons. It was just a win, like a double digit win. So that was super nice. But the Blazers going 11 and four in March. They're now 29 and 18 sixth place in the West. They have the same record as the Nuggets who are in fifth place. So a lot to be excited about. I know the schedule will get much tougher for the Blazers. So guys, this is a big podcast, not only for what the Portland Trailblazers are doing right now, all the excitement around the team, and we're going to get into all of that, but a little bit of, of a teaser. This is a momentous occasion. It's a bittersweet podcast because we're going to say goodbye to Nate Hansen. Nate, I want to bring you in, man, and have you say a few words to set the tone for this podcast since it is your last one, man. 
I think momentous may be a little strong. I don't think momentous and my name have been uttered in the same sentence uh, ever before in my life, but I'll, I'll take the compliment while I can get it. So thank you very much, Orlando. No, it's been, it was an exciting uh, week for the Blazers, you know, with getting Norman Powell, getting Yusuf Nurkic back. We finally, as we talked about last week, kind of got a look at what this team is going to look like moving forward, assuming they're able to stay healthy, big fingers crossed on that one. But if they can stay healthy, we finally got our look. We've been waiting for it. This is now April and the season started right before Christmas. So we've been waiting about three months to see what this Blazers team this year could look like at full strength. And we got a little glimpse of it granted against bad competition, but it, it, it looked good for the first week. And so, uh, Blazers fans have a lot to be excited about right now. I think this is going to be an exciting pod, Orlando. That was a, a beautiful segue there, Nate. We're going to talk a whole lot about you later in the podcast and go down memory lane a little bit, especially for – I think it'll be a lot of fun for those who are new to the podcast, but also those that have been with us for the past four years because uh, a lot has happened, and it's been the four of us this entire time, which makes it really special. Jared, I want to bring you in now, man, to – kind of set the table as well for what this podcast is going to be like. Well, like you said, it's going to be bittersweet. Um, uh, Nate is awesome. And I've struggled with, you know, since I found out that he was leaving both KGW and the podcast, I, it's that balance of like, I want to be happy for my friend because this is a great step, but I'm super bummed for myself because he's awesome and I'm going to miss him. So I think it is going to be bittersweet. Um, I look forward to talking and going down memory lane later in the podcast, like you talked about. Uh, as far as the Blazers go, you talked about it, Orlando, both of you did, that 23-point win against the Pistons. That was the first uh, win by 20 points or more since the ninth game of the season. Uh, that was back on January 29th. The Blazers smoked the Kings by 26 points. And you know what happened the next game? Nurk got hurt. Oh, what are so, you doing, Jared? In their first nine games, the Blazers at full strength, they won three games, three of their nine games, they won by double digits, by 18, by 26, and by 25. Since then, in the, the next 38 games, they've had six wins by double digits. So that just shows how much they, they've missed these guys, Yusuf Nurkic and CJ McCollum. Um, so I'm interested to see, I mean, it's, it's like Nate said, not very good competition. The past three games, you know, they, they weren't playing good teams. But now we're going to get to see them. I mean, the rest of the season is really tough. We're going to get to see what this team is at full strength. And it's like I said last week, the season starts now. Now that Nurkic is back, now that Norman Powell's in the fold, now that CJ's back and, and really looking like he's at full strength, this is when the season really begins and we can start to judge this team. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the season for sure. All right, so let's, let's dive right in. Max, I'm going to get your thoughts a little bit later in the podcast as well. Three questions. Three answers because there's three of us. Question number one, Yusuf Nurkic has played the past three games since missing 32 games to injury. And Norman Powell now has three games under his belt with the Blazers since he was traded to Portland last week. So let's talk about the Blazers' two new quote-unquote additions. What have been your impressions of Nurkic and Powell the past three games? Who wants to go first? I'll, I'll start off on this. It, it's just, it's got to be encouraging uh, for Blazers fans. Norman Powell, you know, he comes in, scores 22 points in that first game, is everything Jared promised them 
last week in that first game against Orlando. And Yusuf Nurkic, you know, he looks like a guy who hadn't played basketball in two and a half months, but I thought in Toronto, uh, he influenced that game for the Blazers, especially in the fourth quarter and the third quarter defensively uh, in that game. Just in the three games with Nurk and Norman Powell, the Blazers remain first in offensive rating, 121 points per 100 possessions. The defensive rating, which is something we've talked about all year, what will the defense look like when Yusuf Nurkic is back? And Jared, Jared, Jared stayed on that train to say when Nurkic is back, this defense will get back to competent, to league average. I, I tried to stay on that train. I did for about two months, and then I jumped off with about two weeks left to go. Well, through three games, uh, which is obviously a small sample size, a very small sample size, their defensive rating is 110.2, which would rank 15th in the NBA, right smack dab in the middle at league average. So Book that, book that parade down Broadway, man. There you book go. It. There you go. Jared, at least three games into this, uh, is flying high right now. But again, as we talked about the competition, small sample size competition's not good. You play three of the five worst teams in the East record-wise. The Magic and the Pistons rank in the bottom 10 in offensive rating. The Raptors rank just 13th, so they're not elite offensively either. But it's encouraging to see this happen. The lineups with Nurk, Rocco, Norman Powell, CJ, and Dame, because they've gone with that three-guard starting lineup. They've played 28 minutes together, those five. They have a 132 offensive rating, a 96 defensive rating. That's a plus 36 net rating. When you slide Cantor into that lineup and replace him with Nurk, that's only played 11 minutes so far, but 113 offensive rating and 85 defensive rating plus 28 net rating. And so... Like I said, all the signs there for Blazers fans right now are to be encouraged with this starting five. It's hard to grade, but you, you've just got to be happy with what you've seen. You can only ask them to take care of business with what's in front of them. They've done that. They've performed well, uh, Norman Powell individually, and they've performed well as a unit together. That's all you could have asked for over this first week of games for these guys. So it, it's encouraging if you're a Blazers fan. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Like, Nate said, I mean, I think you have to say it off the top, the competition has not been very good. So, you know, we should keep that in mind and we're going to get to see what this team can do against better competition very soon. Um, Nurkic's stats, I mean, they don't look like anything special. We know he's playing limited minutes, like five minute stretches. So it's probably difficult for him to get in a rhythm, but in about 20 minutes per game, he's averaging 8.6 boards and about three assists, almost a steal and a block per game shooting the ball well, except for from the free throw line where he's still struggling. But what we've seen is where Nurkic really impacts the game and what is with his overall defensive impact and his playmaking on offense. You see those assist numbers, almost three per game in just 20 minutes. But the impact he has with his passing is a definite boost to the Blazers. It's not like the, the Blazers offense needs a lot of help, but he does help make the Blazers offense less one-dimensional, not so dependent on ISO, not so dependent on pick and roll. The way he finds guys on cuts is it just really helps. It adds another dimension to Portland's offense. And Nurkic's defense is great. Even kind of getting back into shape, getting back into, you know, the flow of the game, you just see what impact he can have out there on the court on defense. Uh, if you look at cleaning the glass right now, the Blazers are giving up 9.3 points fewer per 100 possessions when he's on the court. 
Over the past three games, his defensive rating is 100.8. And for the season, the Blazers' defensive rating is 116.6. So you see the huge difference there. Even if you just look at the past three games, when their defensive rating, like Nate said, is 110.2, you still see that 10-point difference when Nurkic is on the court. Uh, I mean, he is the kind of player who can single-handedly turn around a defense. And we're going to see what that looks like against better competition. But so far, it's been great. And speaking of defense, that's what's impressed me the most about Norman Powell, because I think we all knew he was going to be a good fit on offense. And that's proven to be true. He's shooting the ball really well. He seems to fit seamlessly into the Blazers offense. Uh, You can see how much he brings offensively other than just shooting. He can break a guy down off the dribble. He finishes well at the rim. He's really good in transition. But his defense, we talked about it last week, was a question mark, especially if the Blazers were going to line him up at small forward next to Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, which they've done. And you know what? Through three games, it's been great. If you look at the minutes that those three have played together in the past three games, they played 44 minutes together. And the offense has been awesome, as we expected, 122 offensive rating. But the defense is 96.8 points for 100 possessions when those three are on the court. And the starting lineup, like like Nate talked about, Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco, and Nurk, it's incredible. Cleaning the glass has their offensive rating, and this is in 56 possessions at 130.4 and 98.3 defensive rating. Outscoring opponents by 32 points per 100 possessions, and you're looking at a dominant offense and a dominant defense. So they've played three bad teams. Now we get to see you've got the Bucks, the Clippers, the Jazz coming up on the schedule. The April schedule is brutal. So we're going to see what these guys can do, but so far it looks, it looks fantastic. I love that you brought up uh, Nurkic as a playmaker, his passing. There have been a, a couple of just beautiful give-and-go backdoor cuts that remind you how legit this dude is. Those passes, just splitting defenders, those are tough for guards to make, and uh, it, it, it shows that other element that he brings to the table. And so, yeah, defensively, you now have a rim protector again. That's huge for the, for the trailblazers. So with Nurkic, I think it's going to be just a slow brew. You're going to continue to see him progress and get better. And like you said, these are against bad teams, but I think playing this stretch of bad teams comes at a great time for them, allows them to acclimate, to get used to playing with each other, to have all of these additions and seeing them work together this is the best time to do it because you're still able to beat these teams where it's going to be a lot tougher to win games against the Bucks, against the Clippers, those type of teams. So I think it, it, this past week has been big time from that standpoint. Yeah, maybe the opponents, not very interesting in terms of just watching a game. You know, it's probably not going to be as, as good of a game as it would be against some of the better teams in the West, but that's been great to see. So I think Nurkic is going to continue to be a slow brew, especially with those minutes restrictions, getting about 20 minutes a game and those incremental, you know, times that Stotts has allotted for him. So, yeah, I like, I like where Nurkic is going. Like this has been the wait and see. And now we got a little sample of it. We got a taste of, of what he brings to the table again. It's for those that have forgotten about how good Yusuf Nurkic is, like, this is it. <laughs> to, to be that defensive presence that his team has missed so much, man. And then on the other hand, seeing Norman Powell out there, I've just been really impressed at how quick he's been able to fit into this team. I just automatically assume when you get a new guy on the team, no matter you know how good they are, it, there's, it takes a lot of time to get to that point. 
And man, the dude is just balling out. Like we knew he was a shooter. We knew he could get buckets Uh, to see him also create though, has been super entertaining. And also he doesn't settle for jumpers like the man attacks. And I like that about him. He adds a new element to this team in terms of being willing to push the pace to get out and transition to get to the, to the rack, to draw a foul. I think that's going to be big uh, for the Blazers, especially when he is paired up with CJ and Dame who want to play at a, a slower pace and Dame wants to be in the half court more often. So that brings some versatility to this team offensively. And also to see him in the starting lineup, uh, you know, there, there could be issues that, that rock the boat. Whenever you bring a new guy in and you're bringing, and you're putting a guy like Derek Jones Jr. to the bench or Carmelo Anthony gets is moved around. Like there's all these little things that come into play with this team and so far so good. Um, and Damian Lillard touched on that during his post game press conference as well is that that's been one of the team's strong suits throughout the years in terms of just how they've handled a lot of these adjustments and changes and guys step up and do what they're asked to. And they're not pouting. They're not complaining about stuff on the bench. And so that's what they're going to need because Derek Jones Jr. played pretty well off the bench um, right after that adjustment was made. Uh, so you need that. You need that that versatility and stuff. But so far, so good, man. That's been super fun to watch them play. Let's see how they do when the uh, competition rises a little more in the coming weeks. But that fit that everyone's willing to just accept their new rules speaks to Damian Lillard's leadership and that culture in that Blazers organization. I mean, this isn't the first year we've seen this. The year they went to the Western Conference, you know, they brought in Ennis Kanter off the buyout market. They brought in Rodney Hood via trade. And both of those guys fit in, at least as my memory recalls, there wasn't a long period where they really struggled to fit in with this team. They kind of just fit in right away. And then we saw in the postseason the type of impact both of those guys had with Kanter, you know, filling in for Nurkic and playing that starting role and Rodney Hood hitting one of the biggest playoff shots in Blazers history against the Nuggets. Um, So it just speaks again to the culture that they've built with the trailblazers. And we've always heard that from players. They hear it from the outside that the culture with the blazers is one of the better ones in the NBA. And then once they're in it, they're like, Oh, for the most part, everyone's been like, it's true. There's something here that's unique, that's special to this organization. That's not like this way throughout the NBA. And a lot of credit goes to Dame, Terry Stotts and Neil Olshay for building that over the past eight, nine years. Uh, Norman Powell, his shooting well right away, I think is huge for the Blazers because we've seen other guys like Evan Fournier for the Celtics go completely the opposite way where he went over in his first game with the Boston Celtics. I mean, Powell shooting 52% from the field and 58% from three in his three games with the Blazers. He just, he just picked up right where he left off having his career season and is having a great start with the Blazers. And it's not just the unit with Norman Powell in that starting unit that's playing well, but the second unit, this new second unit and the way it's built with Cantor, Carmelo, Derek Jones Jr., Damian Lillard, and Anthony Simons right now since Nasir Little's been out the last couple of games. They've played 16 minutes together. Their offensive rating is 115 and their defensive rating is 97. So even that group has a plus 18 net rating over the last three games. And with all of this, it's, you know, the competition definitely played a role, but 
you know, they're doing what they're supposed to do. And there's a lot of encouraging signs, not just from Norman Nurk, but from the team elsewhere. It doesn't seem like they've had a misstep or disruption of flow at all. It seems like they've kind of just taken off from the get-go, which is great to see. And I'm sorry, and, most of these games aren't givens with them. No. Or weren't <laughs> no. until this past week. I mean, they weren't, they weren't even... The, the only game that was really even a give me this past week ended up being the Pistons and the Blazers yep. were down at halftime in that yep. game. They just blew them away in the second half, but all the other games came down to the wire in the fourth quarter. And you know, the, the clutch Blazers remain clutch. It didn't disrupt that either. They took care of business in close games at the end. So you, you're getting, if you're a Blazers fan, you're getting about everything you could want out of that first week. Go ahead, Jerry. You're about to say something. I was just going to say, I think Derek Jones Jr. Deserves a lot of credit too, because not only did he go, to the bench, lose his starting role, role without a complaint. But he's also, you haven't seen any change in his game at all, you know, taking on a lesser role, you know, coming off the bench with a new lineup. Uh, he's still playing his game. He's still out there defending. I think his defense makes a, a huge impact on that second unit um, because he is the kind of defensive player who can kind of clean up other people's mistakes. And, and that's necessary when, when you're on the court with, with guys like Mello and, and Cantor. And so I think he deserves a lot of credit for just, taking that demotion and stride and, and not seeing a change in his game. He's just out there playing and doing what Derek Jones Jr. can do. All right, guys, let's talk about question number two, Robert Covington. He's had a hot month of March averaging 12 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds, almost two steals, almost two blocks shooting better than 50 from three. This is going to be a, a Robert Covington appreciation segment it's as simple as that. What impresses you most about what Rocco is doing? By one metric, Robert Covington has been the Blazers' most valuable player this season, even more than Damian Lillard. Ooh. I'm still going to give Dame that nod, but I sure hope so. I sure hope you give Dame that nod. <laughs> well, I mean, you should. <laughs> he, he's got teammates saying he's the MVP of the league, so he better be the MVP of his own team. <laughs> he is. He is, but. I think that you can make an easy argument that Covington has been the second best player on the team this season so far. And we'll see, you know, now that Nurkic is back and Powell's on the team and, and CJ's back. But if you look at cleaning the glasses on off stats, the Blazers are 14.5 points better per 100 possessions when Covington is on the court. The offense is 8.6 points better and the defense is 5.9 points stingier. Okay, no other player has a better on-off rating on the team than Covington, except for Norm Powell with his three-game sample. Norm Powell's on-off rating right now is 21.3. So the Blazers are 21.3 points better when he's on the court than when he's not. But I'm Rocco, chalk that up to the opponents. I'm going yeah, to actually chalk that can. one up to the opponents. <laughs> <laughs> but Rocco, for the season, plus 14.5. Here's how the rest of the Blazers who are playing right now – Hold on one second. Sorry. Did you guys hear Coco? Yes. We, Jared's, <laughs> one of Jared's children is making her way, making a podcast appearance. Yeah. She wants to be the fifth member. This is a podcast she, from home situation. Look, yes, she, she's coming in. Look, she's, she's taking her shot. She's coming in to replace her. That's what's happening. <laughs> I think she said something about Elsa and Anna. So a little bit off topic. She was talking frozen. We're talking blazers, but you know, she's three years old, four years old. It's fine. So, um, <laughs> you were talking about Robert Covington just to try to get you back on. I'm a little off. Uh, yeah. Anyway, you're shook right now on off stats, cleaning the glass plus 14.5. The other players on the team who play minutes right now, Nurk is at 
plus 5.9, Lillard plus 5.8, Cantor plus 5.2, and CJ plus 5.1. Derek Jones Jr. is negative 4.9, Nasir Little negative 5.4, Mello negative 6.9, and bringing up the rear, Anthony Simons negative 10.4. So that just shows how important Roku is because he's not only the Blazers' second best defensive player, but he's also a really important cog in the Blazers' offense. He plays most of his minutes with Dane. So I think that's one of the reasons his offensive on-off numbers are so good. But he's also really come around on offense after a slow start to the season. And I think he's kind of what we always hoped Al Farouk Aminu or Maurice Harkless could be for the Blazers. For the past several years, you heard Rocco was talked about as the ideal forward complement to Damon CJ. And now you're seeing that. You're seeing why. His turnaround from three has been awesome. Through the first 25 games of the season, he was shooting 30% from three and 34% from the field. That's a really long slump to start the season and a really long slump to start your Blazers career. But in the past 22 games, he's shooting 48% from the field and 48% from three. But where he's really been awesome all season has been on defense. Did you guys see the conversation that Jason Quick started on Twitter a couple games ago about Rocco's defensive impact? He was asking on Twitter, trying to think of the last Blazers player who is as disruptive on defense as Covington. And he threw out players like Gerald Wallace, Theo Ratliff, but he said, no, none of those guys match Rocco's impact. And then someone on Twitter suggested, what about Scottie Pippen? And Quick said, that's it. It's Pippen. He said, it's a really good comparison. Rocco, if you think about it with his deflections, the way he gets his hands on just about every ball, he really does remind me of Pippen. I think we talked about this on the podcast before, but I'll say it again. I don't think Rocco is the kind of defensive player who can single-handedly lift a defense. He's not Nurk. But I do think that because of how exceptional he is at team defense, I think if you have a good defense, he can make that good defense great. And so I'm interested to see now that you've got Covington and Nurkic together and this new starting lineup with Norm Powell looks good defensively too. I'm interested to see what this defense can do now that everyone's healthy. But Rocco, just awesome. It's so interesting, the 22 games, 23 games you picked, Jared. Because in my prep, that was the same timeline I picked as oh, really? when, <laughs> when, it, when it switched for Rocco. I mean, if you take a look at his game log, it's obvious. That's yeah. the game. And it was again, the first game against the Dallas Mavericks, the one on ESPN that began the week-long Damian Lillard for MVP hype train. Uh, Rocco went four for four from three in that game. And since then he's been awesome. That also happened to be Oregon's birthday on Valentine's day. So maybe he just <laughs> needed to be around for, for a, you see Max's mind is blown with that knowledge there. Maybe he just needed to be around for, for Oregon's birthday. And then he was all set and ready to go. But Jared brought up all the stats that he's, that, that he's had before and after that game, but beyond just those particular stats, he in the first 22 games uh, of the season, he had only eight games where he made multiple three pointers. And in only 12 of those 22 games, did he have one block in the 23 games since including that Mavericks game? I just talked about uh, he's had he's had multiple three point makes in 19 games, including eight of the last 10. And he's had blocks in 18 of those games. So it's not just the offense, which is obviously the part we're all noticing is he's finally making threes. This guy who we thought was the three and D the D was there earlier. 
but the threes weren't. And now the threes are coming and they're coming in hot. They're, they're coming in really hot right now. Um, but his defense has picked up during that time too. He was solid defensively the first half of the season so far, but he's taken it to another level. I think as he's just grown more comfortable with this team and with everyone getting healthy right now, you know, he's going to get wide. If he's playing alongside Norman Powell, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, he's going to get some wide open three pointers the rest of the year. And with Yusuf Nurkic back, if he can be the defensive force that he's been in the past and Rocco can kind of just be the help defender, the guy who just disrupts some plays and he's kind of roaming around making plays here or there. Like that's kind of the perfect role for Robert Covington. You're not relying on him to do anything. When Yusuf Nurkic was out, you were relying on Robert Covington to be your best defensive player. With Yusuf Nurkic back, you're no longer relying on that. With CJ McCollum out and Yusuf Nurkic out, you were relying on Robert Covington to be a bigger part of your offense. Now, he doesn't have to be. He's going to get some open looks. He can take his shots when they're open, take them when they're available. And I think he just feels more comfortable with this team. And you think about to that trade we had talked about, you know, the first month or two of the season, man, that trade, I don't know, two first round picks for Robert Covington. Now it's just like, that was a steal. That was an absolute steal. It's, it's amazing how quickly he's turned that narrative around, but that's just how good he's been over the last month and a half. Yeah, Nate, that's exactly where I was going to start was this is the guy that we were hyped about. This is the guy that we were talking up that we were like, oh, the Blazers sought after a player like him. This, this is the perfect fit. This is what the Blazers need. He's going to deliver. He's going to make this team so much better. Now we're getting it. It just took a while to get here. And yeah, as you guys had mentioned, the, the defense has been there and it's continued to get better. And the offense, though, has just blown me away lately. And seeing, seeing him shoot above 50%, both from two and three, is just crazy. Like, now when he's taking those shots, you're thinking, oh, that's butter. That's automatic. That's going in. So this has been a lot of fun to see him play. Uh, Damian Lillard had, had mentioned a few different things a, a, about Covington that, that summed it up well. And, and Jared, uh, piggybacking off of what Jason Quick had mentioned in that discussion on Twitter, um, he had asked Dame to kind of describe what Covington's game means for, for the team. And uh, he said, you know, he's a guy that they can count on him to do a lot. And with his presence on the floor, he gives them something that they haven't had since Dame has been there. Dame said that, that we haven't had a, a player like him. And his disruptive style, Dame also compared to a guy like Scottie Pippen. And he also threw a guy in like Draymond Green, who does a lot of different things that makes that elevates a team to another level. And that's what we're seeing out of Covington. Whether or not the stats actually show up, there are so many little things that he does on the court that just makes it difficult for offenses to get comfortable in what they're doing. And You'll also be rewarded with those tips, the, the deflections, things like that, that also create transition buckets or get the ball back to the Blazers and force turnovers and stuff like that. So he just does all these little things that are, that are now coming together. And then the, the offense is like the icing on the cake when everyone really takes notice and you're like, oh man, like how good can this team be when you start seeing him cook like that? And those opportunities are going to be there. So the confidence is, is just going to rise even more 
uh, with this team in general. And for a guy like Dame, when he's seeing those blitzes come at him 30 feet away from the bucket and knowing, oh, I can throw that skip pass to the corner. And I know that when I make that pass, we're going to make that other team pay for coming out and guarding us this way. So that's, that's like the ultimate. Something that had, even going back to when they got smoked by the Pelicans in the playoffs a couple of years ago, the, the moment when you saw Dame's game change that evolved to another level where he's taking those logo Lillard shots on a regular basis. Like Dame had to adjust his game because of that style of play that was coming at him. And so one of the things that we all talked about going back to, you know, previous podcasts was guys have to come in and help Dame. You mentioned Al Farouk Aminu, um, uh, other players like him uh, that needed to hit those open shots. And so now you're hoping that, that he is the guy, but just defensively uh, he's been the man and Covington had mentioned watching tape uh, when he got to Philly. And that was really the, the time when his game changed defensively. He'd said, I'd always been a good defensive player, but really focusing in on it and, and working individually with his coach. And he would pick a, a player every day to kind of work on those type of things that they do. And one of those players that was in there was Scottie Pippen. And so it, it, there's no, it's not a surprise now when you hear him say that, that you're like, oh yeah. So to have, a, have Covington model his game out of a, a Hall of Famer like Scottie Pippen, man, it, it's, all, it's all coming together for him right now. And you just hope that it can continue to be that way when they need him to, to be that in the playoffs. And he had also mentioned to quick that he plans on wearing that mask for the rest of the season. So, you know, that dude is always getting hit in the face. So <laughs> the mask isn't going anywhere as well. Question for you guys. I mean, we're seeing right now, this is why Covington is drafted so high at fantasy basketball leagues, uh, three pointers, steals, blocks, very few turnovers. He's up to 39% from three for the season which I believe would be his highest percentage ever. It but, I mean, Blazers fans have to expect some kind of regression, right? Do you guys think this can continue for a long stretch? I mean, not the way not he's this. played. Yeah, not the way he's played over the line. I mean, Jared talked about the, the game. Jared and I mentioned the Dallas game on February 14th. Since then, he's shooting 48% from three. That's not going to continue. Now, can he be a 39% three-point shooter the rest of the way? I think he could. So will you, will you see some regression from what he's done over the past month and a half? Probably, most likely. But are you going to see regression from where his season averages are right now? I don't know about that because he was so bad, you know, the first 20 games of the year. I think he can be right about where he is right now. Yeah, and, and defensively, that's where, that's where it's at. Like, you're not going to see the regression defensively. Like he, he had even said to said during this press conference um, after the Pistons win was, I feel like I'm at the level that I was when I was all defensive team. The, the, and so playing with that type of confidence, that being that comfortable with the, the team is such a great sign because the, yes, the offense has no choice, but to regress a little bit because it's just insane the way he's shooting the ball. But if you're an average to maybe even slightly above average three point shooter, at the position that he plays, you're going to make teams pay. And so if he's at 39% for the season, oh, that's great for the Trailblazers. That is music to Rip City's ears. 
Yeah, and, Roko and, doesn't have to be shooting 50% from three to keep the defense honest. You'll I mean, take this it. needs to be league average. And I think that he can certainly keep that up for the rest of the season. At the beginning of the season, when, when I pick the Blazers to finish second in the West, I don't think they'll get there, but you know, they're certainly challenging for home court. It was because of, you know, it was because Nurk was coming back healthy. It was because, you know, Dame, I figured he'd probably take another step, but it was really also because of Covington. Like I looked at the addition of Covington as kind of like, was he like the addition of Pippen to that, to that team? that took them to another level? Was he like the addition of Buck Williams to the 90s team that took that team to another level? You know, these defensive-minded forwards who really just kind of are glue pieces, you know, elite glue pieces that, that tie everything together. And, and I think we're seeing that from Covington right now. And what I'm also excited is not just Covington the rest of this season as he, you know, gets more used to playing with this team and, and gets even more comfortable, but Covington next season too. You know, in this window that we've talked about for the Blazers, I mean, Covington's a real important piece for that going forward, you know, beyond just this season. They need and, him. They need him. Yeah, they, sure. they, they absolutely need him. And one thing that may be a blessing in disguise, in a sense, at least, you know, from what we've seen so far, is we talked a week ago how we, and I mean, I think it's obvious the Blazers' target last week was Aaron Gordon. That was who they wanted. And if you had brought Aaron Gordon on here, you know, that would have changed Covington's role a little bit with the team. Uh, granted, you would have had two really good defenders alongside uh, Yusuf Nurkic, which is where a person like me thought Aaron Gordon could really elevate the Blazers is to help turn them into a dime to not just an average defensive team, but maybe even an above average defensive team when you have those three on the floor together but you would have had Covington playing some mix of a three four role and it would have maybe hampered the success he's been having offensively but you bring Norman Powell in instead and it just Covington knows his role it's carved out for him right in front of him and he hasn't had to change his game at all he's just played as if he had the month prior uh and so you know in terms of immediate blessing in disguises that Norm Powell move uh, didn't disrupt anything Covington had going on because it didn't disrupt his role on the team or maybe bringing a move in like me bringing a person in like Aaron Gordon would have had some growing pains along with it. I think their ceiling in the end would have been higher, but there would have been growing pains, I think, on the way to getting there. All right, boys. It's prediction time. I'm going to read this, and then, Nate, uh, we, we got to get uh, the standings here. So the Blazers, they play three games between now and the next time we meet. Two at home Friday against the Bucks, who are 30 and 17, and then Saturday against the Thunder, who are 20 and 27. And then a road game Tuesday against the Clippers, who are 32 and 17. Which games do the Blazers win? Which games do the Blazers lose? Well, as we talked about off the top, Jared and I had a perfect week, 4-0, picking games. Orlando. You, you couldn't trust the Blazers. You said they always lose one of these in a stretch like this. And you picked the Pistons. Believe it. And you picked the Pistons. And that was, of all the games, is the one not to pick, actually, yep, yep. In, at least in terms of the actual end result. So you went three and one. I do want to point out, I have not yet incorrectly picked a game since the All-Star break. So I'm doing oh. a little bit better here. But still, still lagging behind in the season standings. Orlando, 31 and 12 still. Leading the way. That is some fire right there. Jared, though, is right on your tail now at 30 and 13. And I'm still uh, a ways back at 27 and 16. 
but you know, looking, looking more like I know what I'm talking about than I did prior to the all-star break, which is, which is always the goal with these picks. So let's get into it this week. And I'm going to say the Blazers go two and one. I say they lose to the Bucks. Uh, They beat the Thunder, obviously going with the lose to the good team, beat the bad team mantra that Orlando loves, but I'm throwing in a little curveball here with the Clippers. And granted this, I think it's a huge game for the Blazers and in the Western Conference standings in and of itself. The Clippers right now are the three seed and the Blazers are the six. So it would be technically a preview of a first round matchup, but they're only two games back of the Clippers for the three seed. And you can cut that in half just by beating them. Um, And I'm going to give the Blazers the nod in that game. Uh, The biggest caveat, in my opinion, is can they keep it close? When they played the Clippers earlier this year, the Clippers blew them out. And the Clippers do that to teams. But when the game is close, as we've talked about the Blazers' clutch stats, the Blazers win those games, and the Clippers do not win those games. So I'm going to say the Blazers keep it close, and just the way they've played in those close games throughout the year, they have the best closer in the league. The Clippers struggle in clutch games. The Blazers go two and one and pick up a huge win against the Clippers. I love those picks. I actually, uh, I have the exact same picks. Uh, the Bucks, they've won, they've lost three of four. Before that, they had won 13 of 14. But um, I don't know. With Nurkic's minutes still restricted, and I don't know when that restriction will be lifted, uh, I think that would have given the Blazers a better shot if he could play you know, full complement of minutes. But I really want to pick the the Blazers to keep this going and, and, and beat the Bucks, but I, I'm not going to. It's also a Drew Holiday team who gives Damian Lillard <laughs> uh, problems. That's true. But how much trouble has Drew Holiday given Dame since the I playoff the, series? The Pelicans seem to beat the The Pelicans, I think, swept the Blazers last year when Drew Holiday was on that team. So mm-hmm. I, I have to believe there's some I have to believe there's some correlation. There. I feel like Dame has solved the Drew Holiday puzzle a little bit, but I'd have to go back and do the research on that. Uh, I do think the Blazers beat the Thunder on Saturday. You know, Oklahoma City, they play really hard. Uh, they're a fun young team. They have some talent, but Portland's still a better team, so give the Blazers that win. The Clippers game is interesting. I am picking the Blazers to win. I wonder if Paul George will be back in time for this game. He's missed the past two games with a lingering foot injury. He's not playing tonight against Denver. Um, I would love to see how this new starting lineup matches up against a team like the Clippers, where you've got two big forwards like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who start at shooting guard and small forward in a big lineup. Either way, it's going to be a great matchup. I like the way Nate broke it down, um, is that if it is a clutch situation and it's a close game down the stretch, I'm going to pick the Blazers. I'm going to pick Dame and the Blazers. So I've got that going the same way as Nate. Yeah, that was the... One thing that has me going the other or the same way as you guys is that I don't know how healthy the Clippers are going to be. I don't, I don't know if this is going to be the Clippers that we think of. And so with that type of doubt, I'm going to roll the same way as you guys and I'm going to pick the same, the same games. But I think if the Clippers were healthy, I would have picked, like if I knew that we're going to see the Clippers at full strength, I, w- I would have picked the Clippers here, but I'm not. So I think they lose to, to the Bucks, and then they win back-to-back games. I, I am in shock 
Yeah, it, we it, all it, went dude. two and one. I am in shock. I'm in shock too that we all picked it exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm not surprised. None of us. I mean, the Bucks. I mean, the Blazers were obviously shorthanded, but the Bucks absolutely destroyed them earlier this season. That was the that was the fire stats peak of <laughs> the right. season. Oh, was right. after <laughs> was after that Milwaukee game. Uh, but that Clippers game is huge. Like we're going to see these. You know, the last month and a half of the season, they start playing a lot of these Western Conference teams. So they're and it doesn't even really matter what position number you end up in other than maybe home court advantage. It'll more matter of what the matchups end up being in that first round. And for me, if I was a Blazers fan, the Clippers, I would view more favorably than I think most other matchups for the Blazers. Now I could be completely wrong about that, but this will be an opportunity to see how, how they stack up against a team like the Clippers, even if the Clippers aren't 100% healthy. Yeah, just matching up with those two forwards is is such a tough thing. It's not quite the matchup problems the Lakers give you if they're healthy, but but man, that's that's tough when you got Kawhi and, and Paul George there. One one thing that I discovered when I was delving into the clutch stats because I wanted to make sure my eyes weren't deceiving me, and the Clippers are bad in those moments, and they are. They're twentieth in the league in winning percentage. The Blazers are third in the league in winning percentage. The Blazers defense. Obviously, offensively, they're good. Second in the NBA. The Blazers' defense in those clutch moments, eighth in the NBA in defensive rating. It's the most frustrating part. It's the the, most frustrating part. That right there. Yes. The Clippers' defense in clutch moments, 28th in the NBA. So, like I said, if they can keep it close, I have a lot of confidence that Damian Lillard could could close them out. I mean – I think the thing with that is like, it does, it's like, yeah, why can't they do that for the whole game? Like, why are they such a bad defense when they, they show that in, when it counts, they can play defense. But I think it just goes back to the Blazers have two very different units. Their starting lineup when healthy has all the makings of a good defensive team and has the numbers of a good defensive team. I mean, if you look at the defensive rating for the starters, it would rank in the top 10 of the NBA in defense rating, but then They've struggled to find lineups that can defend when you're throwing guys like Cantor and Mello and other, you know, poor defenders out there. So I think it's because in, in those clutch minutes, most of the time they are playing, you know, good defensive units that, that prove, you know, throughout the game that they can play defense. It's not just in those last few minutes. If they could just spread the wealth a little bit, man, (laughs) (laughs) we wouldn't have to rely on that clutch gene every game. Like they shouldn't be playing in so many of these clutch games in the first place. If they could just spread the wealth a little bit more. And it was kind of funny because Casey Holdall had asked uh, coach Stotts about, about Damian Lillard, because if you noticed in the Pistons game, um, he actually got some rest in the first quarter and (laughs) Stotts was like, uh, no, we're not going to do that again. <laughs> it, 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 that lineup, I, I forgot to, to go look at the lineup at those minutes they played, but that was not an effective lineup pulling Dave uh, at the end of the first quarter. That's one of the reasons they trailed at halftime was because they were so bad in that. And I think he brought him in back in before the end of the first quarter. It was so bad. Like he took him out with like four minutes left and brought him back in in like a minute. It went yeah, so it was bad. it was something that like Stotts wanted to try out. You, you knew like it's been in the back of his mind. He's like, oh, let's get it in against the Pistons. Like, let's, let's just try it. Yeah. And when it happened, he was like, oh, yeah, this is why I don't want to try this. And it's rare that you get him to be that absolute about something where he's yeah. just like, nah, we're not doing that again. <laughs> Good idea, coach. Good idea on that one. Good call. 
Well, guys, we had mentioned matchup problems, and there's no bigger matchup problem on this podcast than the one and only Max Barr. If you've seen him on the court, you know what I'm talking about. The dude is a beast, and he's also the man of this pod. So, Max Barr, you are up, man. Man, remember when we could play basketball, Orlando? Simpler times, dude. You remember those days? Wow. Yikes. I missed that. I hear Max has a jumper. Oh, it's I've wet. heard he can hit the three. It's wet. Yeah. We had some fun in the uh, Rip City three-on-three tournament for a few years. We had some good runs. Good times, man. Guys, it is great to be back with another week of Rip It. On our last episode, it was another week of heartbreak for Jared. Oh, I'm so (laughs) sorry, Jared. He started three for three, ended up three for five, and Orlando nailed the wild card question (laughs) in the clutch to tie him up for the week. Jared's still looking for his first rip it win. I think rubbing it in here is just like a nice going away (laughs) present for Nate. (laughs) Well, no, the best going away present will be that you don't win this. Oh, gosh. If That's you were going to miss w- about Nate, ladies and gentlemen, right there. If Jared wins this week, like it's going to ruin the whole last <laughs> podcast of mine. Like, why did we even have the previous 45 minutes or whatever? See, and I was just going to say, like, this may be the one time I'll ever root for Nate to win Rip It. <laughs> That's already out the door. It only took about 30 seconds in the Rip It. Wow. Okay. Let's find out what happened with your picks last week. Going back to Blazers. In Miami against the Heat, the question was, who will score the most points? Derek Jones Jr., Nasir Little, or Trevor Ariza? And this was a sweep. You all said Nasir Little. We all thought he was going to get extended minutes with Hood gone. He didn't. He only got about 20 minutes, and he only scored five points. For third place in this question, Derek Jones Jr., six points. Trevor Ariza. Nine points. The Zion stopper, as Orlando deemed him during his brief (laughs) stint in Portland. That's right. I mean, he did give the Blazers the win, so with that foul on Dame at the last second. Oh, yeah. It's it's coming back. Good point. Honestly, Max, when you said Nasir Little only scored five points, I thought we still had a chance (laughs) because the competition he was up against was not stiff. Yeah, this this was a grinder. But nobody got it right. Blazers at Magic. Over under 13 points for Yusuf Nurkic in his return to the lineup. Jared and Orlando went under. Nate, you took the over. And he scored 18. He scored eight points, excuse me, in 19 <laughs> are, minutes. Are, are we sure he didn't score 18? Are we, we sure? are sure. Nate, Nate we are sure. Better. <laughs> it was under. So Jared and Orlando are on the board. Then they went to Tampa to play the Raptors. The question was, who will make the most three-pointers in this game between Robert Covington, new Raptor Gary Trent Jr., and new Blazer Norman Powell? And you all picked different players. Jared went with Norm. Orlando stuck with his guy Gary Trent. And Nate, you said, I have a rule about Covington, which is I pick Robert Covington. 
Good rule. I think it worked out this go around. It worked out. Covington three for <laughs> eight from three for the win. Trent Jr. just one for five. Powell one for two. Mm. Ooh, that's a good rule. It's worked yeah. well over the last month and a it's half. Still working. We talked about in question two. It's still it's working. A, it's Powell, Powell needs to get up more than two three pointers per game. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah, that was surprising to me looking at that. In the game against the Pistons, the question was who will score more points, CJ McCollum or Jeremy Grant? Orlando, you picked the Pistons to win this game, so you chose Jeremy Grant for this question. First half well, was looking good, man. First half. Well, uh, Jared and Nate picked CJ. Well, Orlando, it was looking good for the whole game because Grant scored 30 points, CJ McCollum 24. Woo! Orlando uh, gets that one. <laughs> oh, man. Orlando pulling ahead here, man. Oh, and that brings us to the wild card question of the week. And the question was, which team will the Blazers score the most points against? Heat, Magic, Raptors, or Pistons? Jared picked the Pistons, while Orlando and Nate picked the Magic. And this was really close. But nobody got it right. Because ah. the Blazers scored 125 <laughs> points against the Heat. Oh, the Heat! Oh, they scored 124 against the Pistons, 122 <laughs> against the Raptors, 112 against the Magic. And that Rip means you are a cruel game <laughs> with a score of two out of five. We have a winner and his name is Orlando Sanchez. Congrats to Orlando. Woo! All right. Yeah, Orlando. Way to go. <laughs> it, it's a pretty rare well, occurrence when, when Nate is cheering for me, man. That's way, way to go, Orlando. <laughs> Oh, I hate that I did this. Oh, man. That... I hate that I won it this week. Wait, dude, it was all that Jeremy Grant. The Pistons may have hurt you in the pick, but Jeremy Grant, man, did you a solid putting up that 30 spot. Coming through, coming through, man. I've got Jeremy Grant on my fantasy team, and I was all happy that he gave me a bunch of points and blocks last night, and the Blazers got the win, but now I'm, I'm not happy about it anymore. Man, oh, I cannot. <laughs> I just can't, can't get off the schneid here. I don't know what's going on. That, Brutal, that, Jared. That's five Rippet wins so far this year Woo. for Orlando. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, man. That was I, very good. I, yeah, I can't even. I can't even tie you now with this last upcoming game here. That was my hope. Was especially my hope was actually I win this week, tie you this week, and then win in this last game and listen and find out I won on the podcast, <laughs> and then text you like a day later to be like. Gotcha, but a different, <laughs> a different version of gotcha, and that's not going to happen. That's that's a solid oh, win over there, my friend. That feels good, man. It really does. I'm glad I could send you with that parting gift. Yeah, well, the best parting gift you sent me. Well, I mean, we technically have one more win. game left. We have one more game left where Jerry could get the win that I'm involved. That's in. true. Uh, but that that's a pretty good parting gift was preventing I, Jared I from getting the W. I believe. I believe you. Had a win last time you weren't on the pod. That so. is, uh, I don't. That is correct. I that's, right. that's right. Yep, that is correct. That's not fun. That's not fun when you win and you're not here. Not not fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably a good thing you don't have to hear me brag about it. That's a good side. Yeah. Maybe I should Jared, try that. Jared, there's still the time for a week and see if <laughs> I can get a win. <laughs> Jared, <laughs> Jared calls in sick. Next sit Thursday. out next week. <laughs> yeah. Text my a few weeks to, off to Max. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get to it. Blazers versus Bucks. 
The question is, which duo will score more total points? Will it be Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton? Or Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum? Which we have duo? A, we have a rule for this, Max. When you attach someone to Damian Lillard, you do not pick Damian Lillard and the person he's attached to. So we're going to go with Giannis. And I don't even know who else you had him with. We're going to go with Giannis. <laughs> Middleton. It was oh, Chris Middleton. Middleton yes, and, we'll uh, go with that. Yes, I guess the rule is back in effect. <laughs> yes. Giannis and Middleton versus Damon CJ. That's right. Yeah, I'll go Damon CJ. And I've got a. The only way I can beat these guys is by picking, picking opposite of them sometimes. <laughs> Eventually, I, I, it's going to turn my way. May, maybe that's why you're losing all the time, Jared. <laughs> Sometimes you should just pick what we're picking. It's okay. It might be. Be more selective when you when you break away. I, I, I am gonna ride the hot hand on this rule when you attach Dame to someone. I, I I'm I'm on that train as well, so I'll take the Bucks duo. All what, right. What? I, I will point out in the first two in uh the first two times we did this, it was just one person against Dame and someone else. Now it's two versus two. Does that Come into play with this Ooh. rule. Nate is no. shaking his head. No, not at all. <laughs> Orlando called this rule a hot hand. It's not a hot hand. It's batting a hundred. Like it's it, it, it's hot. It's fact, man. At this point, it's we, fact. We, got a, we got a small sample size. Unlike your Roco picks, your Roco pick is that's auto. a large sample. Yeah, yep. it's getting bigger. All right, we're going to the next game: Blazers versus Thunder, a dangerous Thunder team. How many players on the Thunder will score in double figures in this game? Oh, man. Now, let me give you their starting lineup in their last game, which was a win over the Raptors. Here's who they started. Kenrich Williams, Isaiah Roby, Moses Brown, Teo Maladon, and Svi Mikhailuk. Oh, shout out to Shout out to Moses Brown for, um, man, he's been really good for that team. <laughs> You go, go look at his stats. He's been really good. He earned he's himself coming, a new contract. Yep. He's coming for a revenge game against Portland. That was my one fear in picking the Blazers over the Thunder was the Moses Brown revenge game. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to lose, and it's not working. They're no. winning. There, there are a lot of teams who, 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 I mean, Cleveland's like, how do you do this? You're trying to lose, and then you just keep winning? How, how are you able to pull this off? Uh, I'm going to put mine at four. Man, that's a lot lower than seven, which is what you said last time. (laughs) I wasn't right last time, so. Could you imagine if seven Thunder players went? Is is Shea available in this game? SGA or is he out? He's out. He's going to be out uh, with, I think, plantar fasciitis for a couple weeks. Okay. Okay. I mean, you could Sick. see the double digits like kind of spread out because yeah, there's that, no one who really dominates that, the ball. That's what I'm thinking. I'm gonna go with six. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll take five since <laughs> split the difference. I love yeah. it. Well, five always <laughs> seems to be the right answer on this too. I think that's why I picked seven last time because it seems like every time we have this question, it's always. One of us picks four, one of us picks five, and one of us picks six. (laughs) I I tried to mix it up, and I I failed miserably. All right, we're going to move to the Clippers game. 
over or under 26 points for Kawhi Leonard? Over. over. Jerry yeah. and Orlando are going over. Nate? Let's make that a clean sweep over as well. All right, that was easy. Next question, same game. Who will make the most three-pointers? Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, <laughs> or Norman Powell? Oh, man, I thought Carmelo was going to be the last option there. <laughs> You're really going to put Orlando to a test here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, yeah, man. I mean, we, I, I, the rule has been stated. The rule shall be followed, and the rule will get me another point next week. Robert Covington. Norm Powell didn't get me a, a point uh, this week. <laughs> but I want to establish a Norm Powell rule. So I'm going to give it a try. All right. Give me Norm. It, is the rule as simple as mine? If he's in the question, you is there any stipulations to this rule? Or is it just Listen, Norm Powell? If he gets me a point and a win next week, then yes, the Norm Powell rule will be in effect. And it's okay. Norman for life. Yeah. I want in on that, Jared. I want in on that. Give me, give me, give me Norm. You're going to pick Norm right now, and it's going to end up a tie between you and me. <laughs> oh, man, that would, be, that would be Nate's dream come true, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, uh, or just Roco proves my rule true, and they both look like fools for not jumping on again. <laughs> All right, guys, that brings us to the wild card question of the week, and we're talking about Nurk. The question is, which team will Yusuf Nurkic score the most points against? Is it the Bucks, Thunder, or Clippers? The Clippers, because they'll play the most minutes. That's exactly what I was thinking. Thunder it is. <laughs> He's going to stop right. that Moses Brown revenge game, by golly. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll find out how you did next week. And I wanted to mention something. So Nate's going to be gone next week, and we're all very sad about that, but it's a chance for you, the listeners, to get involved in Rip It. Do you want to play Rip It? Tweet me your answers. Starting next week, not for this week's game, tweet us your answers. I'm at Max and Barr on Twitter. Jared Norlando, how can people find you guys on Twitter? I'm just at Jared Cowley. Orlando KGW. Get at so us, tweet, man. Get tweet at us your answers. I'm going to pick one person to join the game. You'll square off against the professionals, Orlando and Jared. <laughs> you and we'll see who comes out on top. Are we sure Jared's Come a professional on. here? Yes. He does this for a living. He does this for a living. That was the easiest wow. softball setup right there. Oh, I love it. You knocked it out of the park. What can I say? But, yeah, we want you guys to get involved. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you win, you get a shout-out and you get Rip It Glory. So I'll remind everybody next week, but – that's what we're going to do for the rest of the season. I think it's going to be fun, and I hope you guys get involved. And Take it from fit- someone who has not experienced it in a very long time. Rip it, glory is sweet. And I miss it. <laughs> it is. It is very, very. It's probably. It's got to have been at least a year since you've had rip it, glory. <laughs> yes, here. it has. Oh man, it is. It is very nice, people. And another perk is if you win and beat Jared, you can go into his mentions and tweet at him and let him know that uh, he didn't win and you beat him. So another bonus. And I'm sure Nate will retweet you. Yeah. I, I, I will now. I will also join in and tweet at Jared for losing to you as well. <laughs>
All right, guys, we'll uh, find out how you did next week. Looking forward to, to hearing from folks. I think that'll be a lot of fun to have uh, some, some of our listeners participate and not only feel the joy of victory, but the agony of defeat as well, because it, it, is, it is painful, especially those ties. Um, the way that, that Max does rip it, it is, it is brutal. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the faint of heart. He's uh he's definitely sent me into some downward spirals at, over the last four years. I've <laughs> I've had to go into therapy because of Max's game. Let's <laughs> let's be truthful here. Had to do it. <laughs> well, we've we've reached the, the the fun part of the podcast. We've we've finally arrived at, at this moment. It's uh it's it's a, a tough moment, you know. We've I was looking through, just scrolling through Podbean and uh, how many just podcasts we've done together. And it's crazy how, how time flies. I know it's super cliche, but I couldn't believe that we, we started doing this thing back in 2017. Yeah. And to I, I listened to probably 20, 25 minutes of the, of the first podcast we ever, we ever did. Oh and God! It's it's what such a like? trip. It's oh, such man. a trip, man. Because it was all four of us in there, you know, and and we were, <clears throat> I think we were were doing it via Facebook Live as well, and so we yeah. were we were getting comments, and it's just it's wild, like to hear how this pod has has grown for for all of us. Like, just the sound is is totally different. How we do things, and um, hearing Nate on there, man, it's like. It's crazy, like how he's how he's coming to his own, uh, how how opinionated, how strong he is on here, man. Uh, it, it's it's really cool to to reflect right now as as we say goodbye and and listening to that pod. I think one of the things that'll trip you guys out is, can you guess what the first topic was? You guys, Yusuf know? Nurkic. So was this the very first episode? Very first or was one. It? Oh man. Well, we had a plan and then right before right before the podcast. Was it Mello? It was, it was Carmelo Anthony. Oh my gosh. So our, our very, our very oh, first right. topic was Carmelo Anthony <laughs> oh. rumors circling around a potential deal involving the Knicks <laughs> and the Blazers. Which it was is still like, on the Knicks. And I bet we all said, no, that's a bad idea. It's <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly, you know, we were open to it, you know, yeah. uh, but oh, okay. it was, it was fun though. And it's just like how crazy a lot of these topics have come full circle. And, you know, a lot of the things that we say today, we were saying then too. And so uh, this, this ride has, has just been a lot of fun and uh, we've, we've gone a lot of places and, and done a lot with it. Um We've now managed to, to do the podcast from the station, from our, our homes, uh, on location. Like it's just been, it's been a fun ride and, uh, it's crazy how time flies. So Jared, I want to bring you in first, man, and just kind of talk about some of the, the memories that, that we've had with, with Nate, Max and I on this podcast over the past few years. Yeah. A ton of them. Um, I was thinking about this this week. I mean, I remember, the Anthony Simons jersey. I don't that think I'll good. ever forget that. Oh, he's got it right now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he's showing it off right now. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like the back and forth that Nate and I have on this podcast, um, him making fun of me 
Like that's part of my, that's one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Like just it's, it's good natured, fun, back and forth banter. And it, I love that part of the podcast and I'm going to miss that, you know, because that's just a thing that Nate and I have. And, and I've always, you know, appreciated that about our friendship. Um, I was trying to think of my favorite memory of the podcast with Nate. And I think it goes back to, for longtime listeners of the podcast, you'll remember uh, that, man, was it three Christmases ago, the Blazers were playing the Jazz on the Christmas Day game. And I was really excited for it. And I had uh, I'd had all my Christmas dinner and I'd had my Christmas pie. And I was, you know, really excited to sit down and watch the Blazers beat the Jazz. And the Blazers just got just worked by the jazz and I was so depressed and I'd already like put the pie away. I'm like, all right, I had my pie, I had my ice cream. I'm not going to have any more, but that Blazers game got me so down that I had to pull out the pie and, and, and have a, another slice. And I talked <laughs> about that on the podcast and, and we've mentioned it and brought it up many times since, but then I remember, man, it must've been the next season. And I don't even remember what prompted it. And maybe you will, Nate, but you brought pie in for all of us, cherry pie in for all of us. Uh, at the end of the podcast and I don't remember the reason why but just it's funny like thoughtful stuff like that like one it's a really funny thing to do two cherry pie is delicious and three like you remembered that that funny you know moment like and so it's just those things like Nate is fun he's hilarious he's thoughtful like we're gonna miss all those things having him on the podcast and you know I mean I hope that it's you know we'll be able to have you on as a guest every now and then, or, or, you know, I, I look forward to hearing from you on Twitter after, you know, my rip at losses and stuff, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss you a ton on the podcast. You've been such a huge part of three on three blazers for sure. Max, I want to, I want to bring you in, man, and uh, share some of your, your Nate moments, what you're going to miss about him. Yeah. It's funny. Um, when, when Jared reminded me that, Nate brought those. I think they were individual. Yeah, wraps, they were like hostess pies. cherry pies or something. Yeah, they're they're hostess. Uh, oh, Nate so ended good. up so good. ended up throwing the pies. <laughs> I, I was going to say that's my biggest that's my biggest memory of that. Jared didn't bring Dude, it up. I, I remember him throwing it at me. I don't remember yeah. him throwing it at everyone else. Just me. Yeah, yeah it, was it was just you. Yeah. It was just you. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to miss uh, Nate's energy, both positive and negative, uh, that that he brought to the podcast, the topics, and to rip it. Um, mm-hmm. I always love it when he, you know, rubs salt in the wounds and <laughs> like, you know, leads the kind of like screaming when you, when you get a question <laughs> right. Uh, so just the energy, I think, um, is what I'm going to miss the most. But yeah, as far as favorite moments go, the pie throwing. The, the red Simons jersey, I love that. Uh, it's, it's been a great run, and, and we hope you'll come join us again down the road when you can, when, when you're able to. Um, but, yeah, thanks for everything, Nate. That, that uh, pie podcast definitely is a classic because it's funny that all of us thought of that, that pod when we were thinking about Nate because that was the first one that, that came to mind for me as well. I was just like, man, what a good time we had uh, doing that podcast. And that was probably, you know, one of those episodes where we're just laughing throughout the entire pod. And uh, it's a, it's a lot of those moments uh, that I'm going to miss, you know, just us 
having fun, you know, and I think that's ultimately what we wanted this podcast to be when we started it was, yeah, we, we, we want to inform, we want to be smart about it. Uh, you know, but ultimately it was, it was a chance for, for us to have a good time talking blazers and for our listeners to also enjoy and have that same fun and know that it's not all serious all the time. And, and, you know, the blazers have, have been an escape for a lot of people and uh, we wanted to be there for, for them. And Nate, you've been, a big reason why this podcast has, has is still around period and to have the success that it's had at the station and for you know management to still support us and for our listeners most importantly to subscribe and 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 check out the podcast and we've seen the the numbers and the participation continue to grow and Nate that's a lot of that has to do with what you bring to the table because of that fun energy that Max brought up man and so definitely going to miss you man for from your your hot takes to your non-stop flip-flops uh to every time you're wrong uh there, there's just it's just a little bit sweeter every time you miss something and, and get it wrong so I'm, I'm definitely going to miss that because i have a feeling we're only going to hear from you when you called something or or you predicted something right but i think you're going to be a lot more quiet when it comes to you missing on stuff so and, and I, I just want to say I, I appreciate you, man, um, in all seriousness, on the amount of legwork that goes into it. Um, you and Jared have, have just done such a killer job in, in the prep work, the, all the stuff that, that goes into this with the topics coming up with, with great points, um, doing the research, the, the numbers to support your guys' arguments. Um, and, and that's what I think helps separate us from, from everything, everything else we do at the station, Blazers coverage, everything. And um, it's been a lot of fun to be a part of that. We've had, you know, multiple late night podcasts where, yeah. where stuff has, has gone down, where a big move has happened, a big game. And, you know, we've gone on and done these podcasts at, you know, 12 a.m., one in the morning um, and, and, and put these together. So there's just been a lot of little moments that I start thinking back to uh, with this podcast where we've just ha- shared a lot of laughs. And so... I'm so happy for you, man, to, to see you continue to, to elevate through the company. I knew it was only a matter of time, man. And mm-hmm. so I was excited to know that we were able to, to have you as a part of the team. There's so much that you do behind the scenes in the sports world here at KGW that goes unnoticed, man. But I, I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without you. So uh, even though this is a Blazers podcast, there's so much that you do at KGW, man, uh, that you know, this, this, this promotion is so well-deserved. Yep. So you, you've earned it, man. You, you truly have. And uh, I'm just glad that I was able to be a part of your journey for the past few years here at KGW. Well, you guys are all uh, far too kind. Um, in, in rebuttal to, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do this right now. Uh, in, re, in, in rebuttal to, you said when I have wrong takes, Orlando, <laughs> is that what you said? <laughs> I, I love that your memory still fades on the things you get wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to bring up a memory uh, from just yesterday because we were trying to figure out topics for today. And one of Orlando's suggestions uh, was, was Nate's, Nate's worst takes. And, and I, think I, need to, I think I need to remind you, Orlando, the response here. The response was from a very smart, bright human being was the problem with Orlando's suggestion is 
Nate has no bad takes. So that, you know, they, oh, they don't said that. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. even imagine. I can't even imagine. Who yeah, that was a text yeah, thread between us four. I wonder who said that. Sources, sources said that. But no, in, in all honesty, this podcast uh, is the most fun thing uh, I've done at KGW. Uh, and it was it was Jared's idea to get this up and going. And then you guys kind of brought me uh, along at the beginning. And I'm sure listen to that first podcast, I sound terrible uh, on it. But we our conversations have gotten better on this podcast. I think we've gotten smarter with how we produce this podcast. And I like that you guys mentioned that it's fun because that's something we do try to prioritize on the podcast is we want it to give people the information that we think is good information, but we also don't want to make it sound like we don't want to bore you for, you know, when it started 20 to 30 minutes now closer to an hour, we want you to enjoy it and kind of feel like, Oh, these are friends who know about the Blazers who are talking about the Blazers. Cause in realists, cause that's what we're actually doing on this podcast is we are all friends uh, and we all like the Blazers. We all pay attention to the Blazers and we, we talk about the Blazers. A lot of the conversations before the pandemic that we had on the podcast, we'd have in the newsroom ourselves. Uh, and so I'm glad that's been able to come through in the podcast it's in terms of the pie throwing. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what specifically brought the pie on. I just remember it was during last season. So it was like, I think in January of 2020. And so the Blazers were just terrible last year, pretty much up until the bubble. They were awful last year. So it was probably had something to do with them being bad and Jared kind of losing hope, finally like <laughs> relinquishing hope that that season could be turned around uh, prior to the pandemic happening. Uh, and it, it, I could be wrong about this, but my memory is, so we have that promo that airs on TV, that commercial yeah. that airs on KGW promoting the podcast. And I believe it was that podcast that they were shooting that. Uh, and they shot like us doing the first 20, 30 minutes of the podcast, and then they left. Uh, so they didn't get to see the pie throwing <laughs> part. But I believe if you see that commercial, it was during that podcast recording uh, that that happened for us. And in terms of my favorite memory, guys, uh, I once invented a stat. I haven't brought it back because it was uh, linked to one player who is no longer with the Blazers. Uh, but Al Farouk Aminu, it came up in a rip it, and then I went back to the well. I think through the year that they went to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, but obviously, Al Farouk Aminu, not a, not a sharpshooter from the outside. But I brought up a stat when blood is in the water. Yes, Jared. You just <laughs> oh, threw it epic. In the chat. When Al Farouk Aminu <laughs> senses blood in the water, that three point percentage skyrockets. <laughs> and like my Robert Covington rip it rule, for whatever reason, it seemed to just continue to play out throughout that year, despite how ridiculous the claim was. It seemed like he went through a brief stretch where when the Blazers could use a big three to put a game away or something, Al Farouk Amino would hit those threes. And it was when he sensed blood in the water, baby. And so blood that, in the water um, was during the, the Blazers playoff run. Yeah. To the yeah during that Thunder finals. series, yep. he hit he hit <laughs> at least one big three at the end of a road game in OKC. And I think yeah. there were some blood in the water texts. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that, was, that was the that actual was, title of one it of was, the podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was the title of one of the podcasts. That's right. 
Yeah. So that out of all the things we've talked about over the last three and a half years, that was the one that immediately sticks in my brain uh, the most at first. And so I think that kind of gives people an idea of, hey, what exactly I brought to this podcast. You can't get that type of analysis anywhere else, folks. Uh, But also back to the, it was supposed to be a fun podcast, you know, and it's going to continue to be a fun podcast. I feel like this is a eulogy for the podcast and it's certainly not. It will continue on. It will be great. You guys will be great. Uh, And like I said, uh, I'll have a lot of fun listening to it, but yeah, this has been, this has been a really good ride with you guys. Like I said, in, in our business, any group of four people staying together in the same positions for the most part for four years doesn't happen a lot. And so the fact that we've had it last this long is great. And I can't wait to see what you guys do with it uh, moving forward because I think it's I think it's a great listen for Trailblazers fans. Well said. Yep. Definitely. I'm so glad you brought up that promo. I had forgotten about that. Um, I wasn't involved in it, but Jared's dri- perfectly <laughs> mimicking Stanley from the office's dribbling in like their second episode of that show ever. Such yeah. a deep cut for like a I local get. news podcast promo. <laughs> and I think it was, it was probably lost on a lot of people, but it was so funny. I wish that was on YouTube somewhere. I, get, I think more comments about my dribbling in that commercial <laughs> than anything else about this podcast. And like every person is like, man, you shouldn't have dribbled on the podcast. Like learn how to dribble first. And I'm like, I can dribble just fine. Like I grew up playing basketball. I was doing Stanley. Well, what's funny is my memory is right, Jared. I could be wrong. I think you only did that for like one take. Right. And that was the one they chose. Yeah. Like we we had a bunch of takes of all these other ones, like spinning the ball on my finger, like dribbling normal, but they they chose the Stanley. It's forever. Is fine. It's perfect. Forever immortalized. Oh man, <laughs> I, I good times. Totally, I totally forgot that there was that much action that day. <laughs> like that was quite the day for us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the part that cracks me up, Jared, is the fact that like we did a ton of takes. Yeah. Like multiple <laughs> shots, uh, different things, and like that was the one where we were just like, "All right, let's try something different." <laughs> see the final cut oh man and that's how the commercial closes out me just like (laughs) open hand other hand behind my back hunched over pushing the ball down man (laughs) uh, that is one of the best moments of the office like full stop (laughs) and you know how i feel about the office cherry pie and the office those help me feel better after blazers losses (laughs) and so uh, nate nate brought up a good point in uh, that, you know, we're, we're, the podcast is still going strong. We're still going to do our thing. And that also means that um, Max Barr is going to be stepping up to the plate, man. Uh, he he is a, basically said he wants to, to have a, a greater role on this pod. And so this is also a chance to, to pass the torch. And even though you've been here this entire time and have, have done the podcast, um, now we get to hear more stuff from, from Max. So, Max, how excited are you, man, to, to – have this new role i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to joining the conversation and the topics and um it's definitely going to be a really fun sprint to the finish line this season and into the playoffs so we're going to have a lot to talk about and it's going to be a lot of fun max has a deep knowledge of the nba and the blazers 
Yeah, I mean, in ter- basketball a lot, and he is super sharp. Yeah, I mean, Max knows a lot about the Blazers, but I think Max knows more than any of us about the NBA outside of yeah. Portland. Max oh, is just totally. a wealth of knowledge, so he he's going to do great. You guys, you, you listeners out there are in really good hands here moving forward. It's going to continue to be a, a great listen week in and week out, especially as we talked about the Blazers have have a lot riding over the next two months here. So it's going to be a lot of fun to listen to your guys' thoughts. Well, as we, as we close out uh, our final episode with Nate Hansen, the blood in the water 2.0, <laughs> the, I want to leave you with the final words to close out this podcast. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks to all the listeners who have, if you've stuck with us from day one, or if this is the first time you've heard me and they're like, why are they making a big deal about this guy leaving right now? Wh- whichever, wherever you land on that spectrum. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast, giving us a uh, part of your time every week to listen to what we have to say. It means, it means a lot to us. And like I said, this podcast is going to continue to be great with Max Orlando, Jared. So with that in mind, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends about the podcast. Let them know there's a new voice on the podcast. It's going to bring a lot of knowledge here. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review, and uh, they'll see you next week. Uh, Until then, uh, go Blazers. Go Blazers.